from One World Trade Center, where we can't figure out a 401k, but we can fill out a fantasy lineup. Welcome to the Golf Digest Fantasy Podcast. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Fantasy Fix Podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and as always, I'm joined by Joel Beal, who unfortunately isn't with us today, and unfortunately for him, he missed pasta day in the cafeteria today. Hey, Joel, how's it going, man? <laughs> I'm doing well. You know, just to speak, um, I'm in the recovery room at a hospital. Uh, oh. Not for me, um, yeah. but uh, I, I will say, uh, as much as we give our healthcare system issues, I think it's really hypocritical, if anything, that Patch Adams gets a movie for making people laugh, and I get asked to leave the waiting room for rolling around in a wheelchair, so I don't know. <laughs> Weird dynamic going on here. Well, all right. It, it is a weird dynamic, and um, we got off to a good start, though, to the season. Obviously, the SBS Tournament of Champions, Justin Thomas looks like he's kind of a, an emerging superstar uh, now with two wins in his last four starts. Obviously, this was his first win on U.S. soil. He's kind of, we were joking, uh, calling him the king of Malaysia. He's won the CIMB Classic over there twice. What, what did you make quickly of uh, of his win and, and kind of the the future of Justin Thomas. Yeah, I think the future is a key word because because he's been on the leaderboard so much the past two or three years. Mm-hmm. I think we don't look at Thomas as a little bit of a veteran. He's only 23 years old. Yeah. Uh, this is an age where a lot of guys are just, you know, if they're out of college, they're either at the McKenzie Tour or if they're lucky to web.com tour. So the fact that he has this many reps already under his belt at age 23 is astonishing. Um, just from watching him play in person, he's a guy who – he really does pass the eye test. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know that some people kind of roll their eyes at that, but uh, you look at him, and if anything, you wonder how he doesn't win more uh, with his game. Uh, what's really impressive uh, with him at that age is that he's a grinder. Uh, that's usually the last thing that guys with that much talent learn. They buy usually on you know the long ball and how well hit the iron. Uh, he's a guy who I think he's at his best when he really needs to make par, and I think that's going to really serve him well going forward, especially in the big tournaments and the majors. Um, yeah, so Thomason's a guy who, uh, I mean, really, in a weird – someone made the argument today, he might even have a higher ceiling of speed, which is saying something given that the guy already has two majors. But yeah. at the same time, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it. I, I, it's not the most absurd thing in the world. So, yeah, it, we've been blessed with this, you know, really high uh, level of upper, upper echelon players. And Thomas, I think, deserves to be mentioned in, in that catalog. Yeah, well, I just saw his Masters odds have been sliced from eighty to one to forty to one. I still think that's kind of a steal uh, at the forty to one price, uh, especially when you consider Tiger Woods is twenty to one, uh, Ricky Fowler's twenty five to one. So Justin Thomas still out there forty to one. I'm just saying, uh, if you're interested in thinking about the Masters already, but uh, we I mean have... not only three to one, but he also played a couple practice rounds with everyone's favorite marker, Jeff Knox. So he's got the inside. <laughs> there you go. At Augusta National. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, Justin is sticking around in Hawaii this week. He is going to play in the Sony Open, which is the second event of 2017 and the first full field event. It's at uh, Wailai Country Club, and it's actually an interesting tournament. We've seen a really wide range of winners. We've seen long hitters. We've seen really short hitters like Mark Wilson and Zach Johnson. Uh, We've seen some crazy scoring runs. I remember Russell Henley a few years ago just went nuts with the putter. So, uh, you know, it's a place where you definitely have to score, but uh, at just over 7,000 yards, it's uh, about the shortest course that they play on tour. So, uh, Joel, let me start with you. Who do you like uh, this week at the Sony? 
one guy that really pops out is Jason Duffner, who he finished outside the top 20 last week at Kapalua, but don't let that final standing fool you. He played really well, save for a few holes on the weekend. Better yet, he turned in a really strong performance at the Sony Open last year. I think mm-hmm. he finished tied from ninth. So, you know, last year, Duffner ranked sixth in greens regulation and 19th in proximity of the hole. I think that explains why he was 20th ranked in scoring average. As you mentioned, uh, you kind of this course actually plays to a wide variety of players. So the one thing that does have in common is guys have to go well. Uh, I think three of the last four tournaments, the winners have been in 20 under or lower. Mm-hmm. So Duffner's a guy who can put some birdies up, and I think his best form shows that he can play Wildlife Country Cup with the best of them. Well, I'm going to start with the most obvious pick, and that's Jimmy Walker. Uh, Jimmy won here in both 2014 and 2015. In 2015, he won by nine shots. So this is certainly a guy who uh, is rearing to go at this event. And, uh, you know, he could have won last week at the Sony through a couple rounds. It really looked like it was going to be his tournament. Uh, Even through three rounds, he had an outside shot. Didn't have the best Sunday. Uh, Finished up, though, with a couple birdies I saw at the end and uh, a top 10 for him. So uh, also, he gets some good karma. He stuck around to watch Justin Thomas get that win uh you saw him hanging out with jordan spieth who, who we all know is justin thomas's good friend uh, that's kind of a running joke on tour but uh yeah so i think a little good karma for him and and definitely a good course that he has great vibes coming in this week yeah it was actually interesting last week to watch walker play on tour a lot of guys are going to longer drivers walker went the opposite route he went down to a 42 inch driver and i think it really paid dividends um last year we had this conversation i think last week yeah he won the PGA Championship, yet he really didn't have that great of a year. And a lot of that stemmed from um, just kind of wildness off the tee. Yep. That's one thing. He kind of got under control a little bit. And, um, you know, YY is a course where, even though it is short, you don't necessarily need to hit it that accurate off the tee. So I think, uh, obviously, he's played well here in the past. I think the way he played last week, I think I'm with you. I think Walker's in for, for – I think he's in for big things this week. Um, another obvious pick is Jordan Spieth. Now, it's funny because – I didn't even think about him last week in terms of winning that tournament, but yet he ended up right up there near the near the end at the top of the leaderboard, and that's including a triple bogey on Saturday uh, where he kind of really threw the tournament away. So, you know, he's a guy who we all kind of talked about having his quote-unquote down season last year, uh, especially towards the end of the year, but he's been playing great of late. Of course, he won again in Australia, um, and, and we know the last time he did that, he had a great year the following year. So, you know, it's funny. He actually said uh, upon leaving the SBS and coming to Sony that his caddy, Michael Greller, has actually been in his ear saying that Wiley should be maybe the best uh, course uh, that sets up for him on tour. So he's got a lot of confidence. Uh, his caddy loves the way it sets up for him. And, and Jordan is, is really excited, I think, to, to get after it this week again. And, you know, he wants to catch up now to with his buddy. JT, uh, you know, Justin's already got two wins in this early wraparound season. It's time for Jordan Spieth to get on the board. It's funny you mentioned that Greller uh, made that uh, made that observation because the one course after, you know, just watching uh, watching the summer premieres, as well as playing Wildlife Country Club on the 10 to 64, uh, the one thing this course really does compare to is Colonial Country Club, mm-hmm. where Spieth has won before. Um, in the sense of, you don't, it's not the longest course in the world, and it really puts emphasis on the second shot that's that's an area that speed really excels especially now since he made that new iron switch in uh november and then of course that week after he he wins the australian open so yeah i'm with grill on this one i think i think this course does set up really well to speed um, and again as we mentioned with walker you can be a little wild off the tee and get away with it which is something that has played speed in the past 
You yeah, this is another horse that should be up his alley. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of the wildness off the tee, though, oh. uh, this, my next pick is Tony Tony Finau. Hmm. Um, really had a had a nice week last week. Posted fourteen under figure. Um, it, we we mentioned him a lot last year. I think he was a guy who a lot of people thought was going to have a breakout campaign campaign in twenty sixteen. And you know he had the win at Puerto Rico Open, but he missed I think a third of his appearances or missed the weekend in a third of his appearances. Mm-hmm. And if you really look at the stats, it's evident the short game was the main culprit. I think he ranked in the hundreds in nearly every relevant putting measurement last year. However, with Mike Yelly put in business now, Fino has kind of freedom to switch switch around. It looks like he switched to a Cameron putter along with some bulky wedges. I think he saw a bit of an adjustment period in the fall, which is why he didn't have that great of a start to the 2017 season. But last week, I think you saw that level of comfortability kind of kind of come in those areas. And if, if Kapalua is any indication, I think Fino, he's a guy who's Never had a problem hitting it well off the tee. If he can start getting that short game and, and middle game work, he, he can be a real force. And, you know, he's only 27 years old. This is to be expected a little bit. So I think Fiennes is a guy who, by no means, when I say he's a top 20 player, but I, I think he's a guy who has a really high ceiling. Of course, it's just up well for him. Yeah, well, um, speaking of putting well, a guy who has no problem putting well is Brant Snedeker. Uh, you know, he's coming off a middle-of-the-pack finish uh, at Kapalua. Nothing spectacular there. But, um, you know, we saw how well he played, obviously, at the Ryder Cup. Uh, he, he won an event in um, Fiji, I think, by 10 or 11 shots uh, after that. So, you know, he, he's got the game to get hot. Last year he did get hot at YLI. He shot 63, 65, 66, 66, and somehow he lost. Uh, Fabian Gomez just went nuts over the weekend and took him down. But um, Snedeker's a guy who, who I like. This week, again, we've talked about it. You don't have to be the longest hitter here. I, I think he knows this is one of uh, the best opportunities for him to get a, a, a win on tour this year. And, and better yet, in terms of daily formats, he, he's a mildly priced player. Mm-hmm. Uh, given, like I said, his success last year as well, I think he ranked 18th of the scoring average last season, so, which is a real testament to a short game. I'm with you. I think he's got a very high feeling this week. Uh, so who else do you like uh, to, to kind of round out your lineup this week? The final guy, this is more of a wild card play, at least in terms of if you look at the price he's at. Uh, that's Zach Johnson. Mm. Quite funky, he really hasn't played that well, um, at least since early summer. No. Uh, I think his last top ten was at Firestone, and even that deserves a bit of a caveat. Kind of the limited field. Really, his, his last good performance was at Oakmont, which he was tied to read. Um, so, you know, people might be wondering why the pick. Uh, he's definitely had a little bit of a roller coaster ride here at, at the Sony Open. Uh, he's got four top 15s in his last eight appearances. The problem with his other four appearances is he's been outside the top 50. So it's mm. really give and go. Um, and you would think because of his poor play the last six months, man, why would you go in? However, he does have a win under uh, Sony. Um, and, again, this is a place that you can play well here without going well to the tee. Johnson's definitely a shorter hitter. It's one of those few opportunities where he really can, at, at this age, this stage of his career, can really can put a nice run into it. Um, again, he's, he's super cheap in almost every daily format I've seen. Again, with that win under his belt, I think he's really a relatively safe wild card pick in terms of that price. So Zach Johnson's the guy who a lot of people won't be picking, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes some noise. Um, I'll wrap it up kind of with the – I'll cheat a little here, and I'll, I want to just name three guys who we had on our uh, top 13 sleepers to watch this season. And, of course, they didn't get to play it at um, Kapalua because they hadn't won yet. But that's Harold Barner III. Uh, Ali Schneider-Johns, who is, uh, I think, both of our picks to win uh, PGA Tour Rookie of the Year this year, and Wesley Bryan, who obviously is coming off that incredible year on the Web.com Tour where he won three times, earned the Battlefield promotion. So all three of these guys 
uh, right now are still kind of under the radar. Uh, Varner was, is the, the only one who played full-time on the PGA Tour last year. He had a very solid uh, rookie campaign. And um, I just think all three of these guys are just ready to go, chomping at the bit. They, they watched those guys play last week. Uh, they were over in Hawaii getting some practice going. And, uh, yeah, I just think they're ready to go. Uh, so all three of those guys, you could pick any of them. I, I like them all this week. Yeah, it's talking to tour guys and even more importantly, uh, their caddies. The one guy who everyone circles is kind of the guy to watch out for the next three to four years is Ollie. Yeah. Uh, definitely has not only the, the game but the demeanor, which is something I think a lot of those young guys lack. You know, they have a couple of bad rounds who started down their confidence. All the caddies kind of look at you and give you a nod like, listen, this guy's going to be the next big thing. So mm-hmm. we'll be surprised if he starts it going this week. Um, it's funny, before we wrap this up, the guy we have to mention and this is because I know. We just assume everyone has them. Is I was just I was going to ask you that. That's yeah, exactly. How it's it's incredible because, and and I I think the reason why we both haven't obviously is we've looked at his track record here and it, amazingly he's played in this event four times and he's missed the cut all four times, which you just would never expect. But you look at his last six starts and he's finished in the top two every time. So so what? Yeah. So are you you're against him this week? You're, you're sitting him out. Oh, I'm not sitting him out. I'm just saying, I, I think... Oh, you thought I he's in? No, I, I'm just not mentioning because I think everyone is just... Gotcha. Well, I mean, gotcha. The only time he's finished outside the top five, I think, was the first week of the NFL season. Yeah. So that, that's just... Yeah, he hasn't played that well here in the past. Uh, he's also... I think his game is just totally clicking, especially the way he's, he's rolling the putter. So, um, I think he's almost in that speed category of, mm-hmm. yeah, and afford him, put him in the lineup. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I agree with you. I think overall, uh, a guy who's that hot, you, you take that over the track record at a particular course. But for me personally, he's not in my lineup this week because, like you said, I think everybody is, is playing him right now. He's just kind of that hot pick, which deservedly so, um, everyone seems to be riding. But um, all right, anything else, Joel? Any last uh, last thoughts? No, I think we wrapped it up. Like you mentioned, it's actually, I think, in years past, this field hasn't been the greatest, but you have a lot of big names there this week. Yeah, um, definitely helps that Justin Thomas is there. I mean, Thomas, I mean, again, another guy we didn't really mention. He shot 61 here a couple years ago. Yep, yep. Uh, so wouldn't be surprised if back to back winner. But um, yeah, it's a really strong, strong week, and I think what we saw um, at Kapalua again, it's we're really blessed right now. With uh, it's been a while since the game has been deep, especially at the top ranks. So uh, it's funny these, these first couple weeks, you kind of just roll your eyes and watch the NFL playoffs. All of a sudden, golf in Hawaii has become a much-watched beater for golf. And, man, what what, what, what a way for Jay Monahan to step into a PGA commissioner uh, role. Yeah. I can't think of a better time. Yeah, no, and, and you're right. It is great to watch. As long as you can stomach watching guys playing in a tropical paradise, I woke up today to a negative four wind chill. So seeing these guys in Hawaii, yes, it's nice, but it's also, you know, obviously I think we're both a little jealous. Uh, and if negative four sounds bad, uh, Alex is a guy who won't play golf if it's like under sixty degrees. That's correct. So under four for most people is <laughs> like Siberian for most. Really, so. really, really is. But uh, all right, Joel. Anyway, good good talking to you, and um, good luck there at the hospital, and good luck to everybody out there with their fantasy team. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to us on iTunes and enjoy the golf this weekend. Check back next week. 